step on up, sit down, twist off that bottle top, or crack open that can. And welcome to Porch Matters. This is Terry Cagle coming to you from my back porch. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The name of this show is Authentic. On Porch Matters, our saying is this. Big issues or just a friendly conversation. No topic is off limits. We take pride in being able to talk about anything with each other in an open discussion. Open discussion is one of the only ways to learn. Your perspective could be changed. You could change the perspective of others. Friends and family, welcome back to another episode of Porch Matters. I'm glad you're here. It's been a very busy week and weekend for me. Put in several 14-hour days last week. Yesterday, I drove up to Lexington, Alabama to be with Stacy and her family for a tractor pull. Wasn't able to stay till the end, but it was fun. If you've never been to a tractor pull, you need to experience it at least once in your life. Rock the South was in Coleman, Alabama this weekend where I work. Anyone listening to this that went to Rock the South, please go to the Porch Matters page and leave a comment sharing your stories from the weekend. I've always heard Rock the South was a lot like the Talladega infield. I'd like to hear from you. What do you think? Was it wild? On this episode... I'm joined by Drake Pittman and Shane Murray of Pass the Jar Podcast. The conversation went all over the place, but it was a ton of fun. I really hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, let's get started. Drake Pittman, Shane Murray, Pass the Jar Podcast. Welcome to the porch, my friends. How are you? Doing good, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. The only thing that make me happier is if I was actually on the back porch too, but it's kind of muggy outside. So at the same <laughs> it, time, I'm kind of glad I'm in the AC. It is kind of muggy. That's for sure. But it's not near as bad as it has been. The past two or three no. days, you can just walk outside and lose about five pounds. That is a fact. Man, I was planning on going fishing and stuff today because my wife was off and I walked out of the gym after my workout and I couldn't breathe. I was like, mm-hmm. we're going to sit at home and watch TV today. Mm-hmm. While we were right in the middle of the monsoon season, as I like to call it, I kept telling people at work, I can't wait for the days whenever we have to pull up and sit in the truck for five minutes and let the dust settle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't ready. I, I wasn't no. ready. I'll just go ahead and be honest with you. Man, we were, we were out west in Wyoming and Idaho back in June, towards the end of June. And my sinuses got so dry and like it hurt to breathe. I was like, you know what? I miss humidity, but I kind of recant that statement now. I'd rather be getting acclimated to altitude, no humidity. Yeah. Out West, it's like, it, it's basically the equivalent of, you know, walking around in an oven. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it was 78 degrees and it felt like a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a buddy that lives out in Arizona. Shout out to you fluid. If you happen to be listening to this. He talks about how, you know, the average temperature out there is anywhere between 125 and 130 sometimes during the summer. Hard pass. Yeah. 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 I'm good. <laughs> Give me my humidity over that. <laughs> so what's been going on, my my friends? How's life? It's going well, man. We are uh, getting geared up for our fourth season. Yeah. And we're also launching a new podcast in September. Didn't have enough responsibility, so yeah. we figured why not tack on. Yeah, yeah, you got nothing else to do. Might as well just yeah. start up another podcast. I like it. Exactly. I like it. I'm waiting on the I was joking around with my director at work 
And I told her, uh, talking about the vaccine mandates and how they're probably definitely coming for us healthcare workers. And I told her, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I definitely ain't turning into Joe Rogan overnight, but I feel like it as much as I do this crap. <laughs> I understand that too. Uh, I got a bad feeling those mandates are coming and I don't necessarily know if y'all want to go there, but I, got I don't know. Man. Hey, this is your, you, this yeah. is your podcast. If you're friend. comfortable with it, I can lay it all out there. Too. Hey, I'll talk about it. Just like in my slogan, brother, good yeah. conversations or big topics. Nothing's off limits. And quite frankly, I, if people want to get the vaccine, I mean, this is just my stance. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, care if it's popular i don't care if it, i don't i just don't give a crap really don't we've been yeah. talking covid 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 for over a year and a half and they're now that everybody's pushing that vaccine their thing down our throats it's very just use common sense wash your dead gum hands if you feel like if you're immunocompromised wear your mask keep your distance whatever you need to do if you feel like going out there and taking that vaccine go right ahead i'm not stopping you I'll even applaud you if you do it. But if you don't want to take it, don't go take it. But quit bashing everybody else for the, for whatever decision that they're making. Worry about you worry about your circle. And I made that comment on social media to some friends of mine last year, whenever all of this stuff started up Mm -hmm. and I got caught, let's see, what did I get called? Uh, it was was something things it was something along the lines of i was insensitive and i was a selfish prick because the only thing i because i kept mentioning my people and my circle mm-hmm. and but they were thinking about <clears throat> everybody in the world why in the world would i think about everybody in the world no I, I shouldn't the only people that i should be concerned about is my is my people yeah. why because they are the ones that are influential in my life those are the ones that are in my circle as long as i make sure that i'm doing everything that i possibly can to make sure everybody in my circle is good my circle of friends is going to be different than yours yep my circle of friends is going to be different than sean's if all three of us take care of our circle and if everybody in the world just took care of their circle we wouldn't be having no problems be good to but, go. But, but vaccination, no vaccination. Studies are coming out now to where they're talking about people that are vaccinated and have already got both of their shots and everything else is still catching this. I know whenever I go get a flu shot, I get the flu every single time. But yet whenever I don't go get a, a flu shot, I'm good to go all year. Yeah. That's Everybody, what I shame. Yeah, you're go ahead. Hit, you're getting hit with on the flu shot thing, you know, you're getting, they're taking a chance. Basically they're saying, Hey, we believe that this strain of the flu is going to be the most prevalent one this year. So we're going to, this is the, the dosage that we're sending out. Now, yeah. if they swing and miss, guess what? Waste of time. Yeah. And that's what I was telling Shane when he first got here was like, I'm kind of on the fence about, I've always been on the fence about the vaccine. Do I want to get it or do I not? Like I've canceled three appointments to go get the vaccine because like, I just, I don't know what I want to do. But I'd rather not get it for right now than get it and regret getting it because now I, you can't turn back from getting it. Right. I look at it. I look at it like a like a paid study. Basically, you're 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 basically getting paid for a study trial. 
there's four or five years in a phase of a vaccine. We're in year one of phase three, the last time I looked, of the COVID vaccine. If you want it, go get it. By all means, like my granddad got it, and I said, good for you. You need it because he's he's com- he's compromised. Like, right. He's got heart issues. He's 77, 76, 77 years old. Smoked pretty much my whole life that I know of. And I'm like, yeah, if you get it, it's going to it'll mess you up. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a big vaccine pusher. I'm not out there trying to tell everybody in the world they need to be vaccinated. But there's two groups of people that, for whatever reason, wanted my opinion on what I thought about the vaccines. And I was just going to hammer, you need it. It would be, like you said, the immunocompromised people no matter age or the elderly. Right. Because as we saw when COVID first spiked, those were the two groups that were most infected or most uh affected and what's pissed me off the most about it is you've got the pro vaccine people saying you're selfish you're conspiracy theorists and then you've got the people that are against the vaccine saying you're sheep you're morons you're gonna die blah blah and i'm like look i'm just right here in the middle i'm like you do what you want to do you do what you want to do and let's just leave everybody alone because basically we are a free country you should be able to Mm -hmm. do what you want to do make your own choices and with the and I told my wife earlier, I was like, I feel like it's just going to be these big cities that really mandate it. But when you get breakthrough cases, I know it may not affect you as bad. And I think that's the only thing that turns me on towards the vaccine is it may not mess me up as bad if I got the vaccine. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure I had it back in December of 2019 before it was a thing because couldn't taste, couldn't smell, couldn't breathe, cough nonstop, out of breath, walking from the parking deck over to where I work in the hospital. And I was like... I feel like I'm dying. Like I told my wife, I feel like I'm dying. The next thing you know, we had Christmas and everything. My dad, my brother, and a couple of others in our family got sick. And I was like, well. Drake's a super spreader. Yeah. You heard it here first. I talk, I joke <laughs> around and say I was patient zero in Walker County and nobody knew it. Hey, I know several people. You know, my girlfriend knows people that was the same way. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that if they think about it, they probably had it just like you were talking about and didn't even know it. Yeah, that's kind of been. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, man, go ahead. I was gonna say that's kind of been my stance on it. Is I have no desire to get the vaccine, and that's because I had COVID in October. Went and got tested, tested positive, same thing. No taste, no smell. Couldn't stay awake for longer than forty-five minutes to an hour. All I wanted to do was just lay there and sleep. Went and had blood work done not too long ago. Still have antibodies for COVID. Now we were told this was supposed to you would have antibodies for maybe up to thirty days, and this is. This was back in October of 2020, so still have them. And to me, somebody on Facebook, actually my cousin, posted you know, a question, why or why not the vaccine? It was a simple post, and there was probably 120 comments. Typically, that's one of the things that I'll just stay out of when people are going back and forth that much. But as I started reading, I realized, okay, no, people in here are actually just having conversations. This guy's stating why he thinks it's a good idea. This guy replied back with why he thinks it's a bad idea. There's no bashing back and forth. So that's what I commented was I'm a firm believer in blood, you know, the, the science of it saying if you have antibodies and you come in contact with it again, the antibodies are there to ward off the disease. So that's how I'm living right now. You know, go get the blood work test and it says, oh, yeah, you have no antibodies. Maybe now I'm thinking that was, that was, a, that was a tough two weeks. Didn't really get a lot accomplished. Felt like maybe the vaccine might not be a bad idea. Yeah. yeah that's we'll why I'm just, I'm on the fence about it because 
you know, it's, I don't, I don't want to get it and wish I didn't get it, but then I want to get it just in case somehow I catch some form of COVID and it's, it ends up not being as bad as it should have been. So I'm kind of torn. Plus my wife and I travel a lot. So eventually we're going to have to do something. So, right. Cause especially with big cities, like we just saw new Orleans today as we're like at the time of recording, they're probably about to put out a mandate. Well, guess what? We're going to new Orleans in two weeks. So I'm going to party it up, huh? A little bit. Been going to throw back one or two. There might be a masquerade going on down there. Nice. A little past the jar masquerade, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Well, the way- Shane is also the king of our dad jokes on this podcast. <laughs> I studied the dialect. I speak it pretty fluently. As far as my stance, I go along with what Shane said. Right now, I'm choosing not to. I'll put it out there. Mm. Why? You know, everybody wants to talk about the polio vaccine and how great and wonderful it was. And yeah, it did a lot of good until five to 10 years down the road and people started having symptoms. It was actually worse than polio. Am I wrong? No. The other thing people forget, 65 years. took 65 years for the polio vaccine to get finalized and mass distributed. Right. This vaccine that's just come out now, it's, it's what, the second most rushed vaccine next to which one? Polio. Yeah. So I look at it kind of like buying a new iPhone or a new Samsung. Every time a new phone comes out, a lot of bugs that have to be worked out. It takes them, what, six months to a year to work some of those bugs out? I wait on the bugs to get worked out and the price to come down. Or I upgrade my phone. That's yeah. another thing. We were talking about the whole, you know, paid uh, study trial or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm holding. Uh, if right now President Biden's offering $100 or, you know, telling the states offered $100 for people to go get vaccinated, who's to say that in two months? We're not looking at 1000 Right. Four months? It'd be 10 grand. <laughs> I'm holding. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I said, I mean, all the bugs ain't worked out as you were talking about a while ago with antibodies and everything. I heard a study that was, and they always say, listen to the science and listen to the science. Well, science is just like politics. It leans left or right. A lot of times, a lot of those studies aren't right down the middle. Like it, like it's supposed to be science uh-huh. can be bought just like anything That's for the right bad. price. They'll give you any kind of results for whichever side, whichever way you want to lean it back to yeah. life. Oh, yeah. So, but, you know, I was listening to a study and they were talking about how if you've had it and you've got the antibodies, that these vaccines can actually kill the antibodies that you've got built up from having it. Yeah. They say, productive. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it's almost, I think a lot of people look at that mask as a political symbol now. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's a lot like a red hat. Yeah. It is. It's and there's a lot of parallels there. Right, wrong, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh-huh. A lot of people look at that mask and see all the negative and everything. Tyranny, you're not gonna tell me what to do, blah, blah, blah. And as I was telling Lindsay Rowland, as far as politics goes, Everybody wants all the same thing as far as the big major things. 
We want to be able to make as much money as we can. We want to be able to have the best medical coverage possible. We want to be able to take care of our families and raise and raise our kids safely, securely, as good, if not better than what we had. Mm-hmm. And we want to be left alone. Yeah. Big that, thing. That's poetic. Thing right there. That was poetic. You know, it don't matter which side that you're on. I just about bet you everybody across across the world that can hear this show would agree to that. And we also want to be able to serve and worship whichever God we choose. Yeah. Yep. I'm big on that. I love yeah. that. Just, just let people do what they, whatever they want to. That's what I was saying earlier. Vaccine, no vaccine. It's your choice and it's your family's choice. There shouldn't be any government mandates if you ask me, but what do I know? I'm just a truck driver. <laughs> I just, I get tired of seeing, that's why, like I said, I try to stay off social media, but the conspiracy side of theory side of TikTok, as far as the vaccine goes, has really just kind of provided me comedy because according to them on August the 11th or which was yesterday and the 25th, the people who got the vaccine are going to fry when they do that 5G pulse test. And I'm like, come on, give me a break. <laughs> like, gosh, like this, this is why I stay off social media as much as I can. And then you got people friends and family that you know that are pro-vax pretty much saying you're stupid if you don't get it and anti-vax saying you're stupid if you do get it i'm like look why don't you just let people make up their own minds just leave everybody alone yeah you got a brow beat nothing because you're beating a dead horse when it comes to somebody's already made up their mind on something and nine times out of ten when you're doing that you might have a guy like i'll, I'll use myself for as an example here you know i hopped on facebook like i said on my cousin's post and I see that many comments and automatically my mind goes to, Oh, there, there's some fighting and tearing down going on in here. But then I get in there and I'm like, no, this is genuine conversation. Well, that might a person like me, somebody on the fence that, you know, can't decide one way or the other might get in there and say, Hey, you know, maybe the vaccine wouldn't be a bad idea. But if at any point in time, they're like, you know, I'm just not sure about it. And somebody decides to chime in with, well, you're an idiot and you're killing half of the world by not getting vaccinated. Well, now you've completely turned me off to it. Yeah, because I just don't like you because of how you just <clears throat> reacted to a simple statement I made. Agree wholeheartedly. I trust science, but at the same time, I trust freedom of choice even more. I agree That's wholeheartedly. Cool. And speaking of freedom of choice, that is an epic mullet, my friend. <laughs> you know, I'm trying out here. I'm trying. I six years in the military. Uh, a medium fade got real old. So the, the second that I got to let this thing grow, I haven't looked back since. I understand. I, I've always wanted to grow my hair out, but I can't stand it for hair to touch my ears. Same. Yeah. Now at work, judge me if you want to, that's fine. I don't care at work. This bad boy goes into a tight ponytail just for that sole purpose. I'm doing a lot of up and down movements, bending over, twisting around. And the first time I got whipped in the eye, bo- uh, whipped in the eye bite, there was, there was a, there was a millisecond of I'm shaving my head. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, dude. I thought you were fixing to say man bun. Oh no, no, I won't call it that. No, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go that far. Okay. It, it does, it does get rolled into a little ponytail back there. Luckily he was in the military during the man bun phase. Yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> Are you saying that if he wasn't in the military, he would have been rocking free, the man bun? Oh, a, a thousand free, percent. Free Shane, free Shane probably would have gave it a try. <laughs> <laughs> Drake, that's a pretty epic beard you got going on there. I appreciate it. I used to keep it shaved, at least a five o'clock shadow. And then, man, I haven't trimmed it down to 
at least a small beard since my wedding and that was over five years ago yeah, i was gonna say 2016 so now it's just i remember you shout out to my boy eric nicks i just go get trimmed once every two months just to kind of keep her shapely that would be the old 64 barbershop correct yes sir, yes, sir. yeah good they, guys they keep me lined up like with you with touching the ears like i pay attention like when my fade on my side of my head starts going over the ears of my glasses yeah like, yeah it's time to go back <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, you know, there, while we were all on lockdown and everything, yeah, I was, I was one of the very few truck drivers that was actually off work during COVID. You know, I haul a lot of motive stuff. So whenever the plant shut down, we shut down. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so I had the whole COVID cut thing going too, you know, I, <laughs> my mother, bless her heart. She cut my hair and it's kind of, messed it up a little bit so i had to go find me a place and they they cleaned me up real good a little got you back little, right. oh yeah the little lady said the only way i can fix this is a skin fade <laughs> so i said you know what do what you got to do and after that i have been hooked on the skin fade same that's i go down to a one just because i'm my head gets fried as much as i'm outside so yeah it's like i don't want like a to look like a tomato has been dipped into ranch dressing or something red at the bottom and white at the top. Yeah. But I'm very iffy about my hair. The only part about the whole skin fade thing is on the back of my head. I have got one of the biggest fat rolls you've ever seen. <laughs> and I cannot get rid of it no matter how much weight I lose or what. I mean, it's to the point where whenever I get my hair cut, I have to pretty much put my chin on my right here on my chest to try and straighten it up so they can cut it. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, Stella Glover duct tape in there and just pull it down. Yeah. Stella Glover used to cut my hair a lot. You know, uh, yeah. if y'all know her since yeah. you're from this area, Stella, if you're listening to the, listening to this, we love you and we hope that you're doing well. Yeah. Absolutely. You're going to be been praying since day one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she was nice enough to come on episode one and tell her story at the time. And I just hope I can get her back on so she can tell the rest of it. Yeah. I'm not a very religious man, but I believe she'll pull through it. Oh, yeah. That woman ain't nothing but a fighter. Uh, I was going to say, I think she might be too stubborn not to pull through it. (laughs) So, yeah, she used to cut my hair a lot and I... I'd have to do all of that. And I've, I've got a mole back here too, that I need to go get taken off, but never fails. Anytime I get my hair cut, somebody's going to hit that thing. Uh-huh. Stella got to the point where she knew where it was and she, she would miss it, but everybody else yeah. just loves to hit that thing. <laughs> I got to, I got to the point where Shane was when he came home, I was just ready to let my hair grow out. Then my brother decided he was going to get married. And I was like, well, I guess I kind of need to clean up a little bit. So that was the first time I went to Eric Nix, and that wasn't long after he had opened. Yeah. So I've been going to him ever since, so seven-ish years now. I think a marriage just ruins everything, don't it? I'm telling you. Man, let me tell you, before <laughs> I got married, I had I had a beard about like this going, and I was pretty proud of it. And I was like, you know what? If you don't want me to have a beard, cool. I mean, at least I'm not going full, full shave because I don't want to look like a 12-year-old because they'll put you in a precarious position up there looking like you're marrying a child. Right. See, I'm the, I'm the <laughs> I'm exact big baby faced. I showed up to our buddy Colby's wedding with a baby mullet started, and it looked hideous at the time. 
I was also trying to bleach it. Yeah. Before I was really letting it grow, so it just looked like a like a Mountain Dew colored just <laughs> mess back there. <laughs> look look great from the front, but any side profile picture that came from uh from that wedding. Not There's, there might have been a few Mountain Dew drinkers that actually looked at that and thought, that man looks delicious. <laughs> well, shout out to the Mountain Dew drinkers out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever come I was... Out to the, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, come out to the old 64 Brew Crawl. You might get a uh, little reminiscence of that uh, on August the 20th. I don't know if it's 21st. Better. 21st. Good segue. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Old 64 Brew Crawl what's what's going on with it so 90s themed starting out at uh Tallulah, right or is it at no, no it's starting starting at twisted, twisted ends at Tallulah. doing 90s karaoke at twisted barley hosted by matt the ostrich mitchell yeah nice uh, i'm trying to remember they i know they got a few different things planned like uh best 90s costume uh got karaoke 90s strictly 90s karaoke yeah there's a few other things I can't think of off the top of my head, though. And then at Tallulah, Barry Bangers. You ever, you ever heard Barry Bangers? He's a DJ, local DJ. Uh-uh. Oh, man. Very talented yeah. guy. He's been on our podcast. Got to know him a little bit. And very talented guy. So it pretty much goes from a karaoke party to club scene, mm-hmm. which will be fun. Like the last brew call they did before COVID, I think they, it actually happened the week before the shutdown. It might have a, actually it been was what started COVID in Walker <laughs> County. <laughs> a lot of bumping and grinding to purple rain. Yeah. Well, now, you know, now that, because I hadn't thought about this, but if Barry Banger's DJing, is he going to have 90s mashup, like for the, for the like you said, the club scene? Because that's going to yeah. be electric, if so. He's a big 90s hip-hop guy. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there'll be some bangers. No pun intended. Play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. You mentioned the costume. Let's hear it. Or is it going to be a surprise? When's this coming out? Monday. <sighs> yeah. Can't risk oh, that. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say it's passage. Our boys are. Uh, we're coming in hot. Yeah. We're coming in hot. Some, first country, of all. some country kings. Yeah. So some iconic 90s country legends will be well represented. Uh Maybe maybe paying an homage to some pretty famous bodies of water. About all I can say. There you go. And it'll I be was a great day to be alive. <laughs> uh, Drake is, there you go. Drake was, is, uh, now see, I was sitting there thinking with that mullet and that mustache. I was thinking either Tracy Lawrence or Joe Diffie. <laughs> Joe Diffie would have been a good one. If Shane would have rolled up to the brew calling John Deere, that would have been game over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to hell with the costumes. I've, right. I was most committed here. <clears throat> can't tell me otherwise. If you would have dressed up like Joe Diffie, you would have had to do karaoke to pick up man. Just saying. Oh, without a doubt. Either uh, pick up the, man or John Deere green. Well, so. Nice. I just I got thought, a preview and it is not coming out of my mouth. Yeah. But yeah, if you're That's listening, if you're out. listening to this inside the Walker County area, I just seen both. And if you're listening to this inside the Walker County area, whether you're from Jasper, 
Cordova, Parish, Carbon Hill, Townley, Empire, or if you're hey. in, or if you're in the vicinity, say in Coleman, Double Puddles, Haleyville, Tuscaloosa, <laughs> where Fayette. I'll give a shout out to Fayette as well. You really need to come down here, if nothing else, but to see these two guys right here dressed up in all of their 90s country glory. Yep. <laughs> love it. Love it. And I, We tried. And I'm we thinking, brainstorming. I'm thinking the karaoke is going to be hopping. Oh, yeah. yeah I can't got, sing a lick, but by God, I'm going to give it my shot. That's the beauty of karaoke. You exactly. don't have to sing a lick. Uh, the the best thing that you could ever do at a karaoke bar, karaoke party, or whatever is be midway through the the segment of karaoke. And let everybody get a few drinks in them because then it don't matter if you're on key or not. Everybody's just having a good time. <laughs> exactly. I got on one one time and I couldn't follow the lines because they were moving too fast. So I just kind of stood there. Well, that's on you. You got to pick a slow song. <laughs> yep. You got to pick a slow song. And if you ever get lost, you got to play with the crowd. And look at the crowd and say, everybody sing along and get everybody uh-huh. else singing with you. And then throw the mic just, at them. Exactly. <laughs> You're low key it. getting me back on track now. <laughs> <clears throat> right. Yeah. You got to pay, you got to pay attention to front men like David Lee Ross and Axl Rose and all of them. You know, whenever you get lost, stick that mic out. Uh huh. presence. Somebody out there knows where you're supposed to be. You just got to find them. Exactly. <laughs> Find the least judgmental person out there. They're probably hoping you do better, so they might help you out a little bit. Even, it's karaoke, man. Even if oh, they're yeah. acting like they're not judgmental, they're sitting there thinking. Oh, the everybody's judging. Jesus Christ, get this son of a gun off the stage. I'll, I will I'll never listen to this song again. <laughs> Especially the guy in the back. <laughs> He's like, my girlfriend drugged me here. I don't want to be here. If this guy don't hurry up and get off the stage, I'm going to throw him off the stage. Please, for the love of God, pull the plug. Oh, man. Somebody walk up and whisper, look, I will pay for your next drink. Just stop it. I hope they got (laughs) at that point. I'm like, okay, cool. They got to put a bouncer around the, uh, the transformer there at the bar. Yeah. That's why I can't hardly go to bars anymore. I'm wearing a white t-shirt now, but whenever I was, Whenever I was doing the, the bar scene for a long time, I would wear black a lot. I'm six foot uh, seven, 400 pounds. And I like for- every single time there, the little lady who has to go pee always mm-hmm. walks over there to me and says, can you tell me where the bathroom is every single time? And I have to say, I don't, I don't work here, but, but you're not, no. No, I'm not nope. security. Um, no, nope. no. Nope. And then there's, there's al- then there's always that one guy. You know who I'm talking about. He's biggest half, guy in the bar. He's he's anywhere between half to three quarter lit. <laughs> and you know he's seeing three of me when he finally gets the courage to walk up to me to say what he's wanting, what he's been wanting to say two hours ago. Yep, ten foot so tall walk, and bulletproof. Yeah, he walks up and kind of got that little swagger going because he. You know, he can't stand still. And he says, if anything pops off in here, I want you on my side <laughs> every single time. Which one, buddy? You got about four of them right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, yeah, Lord, where do you go from there? Yep. So I miss those bar days. 
At the same time, I don't because I'd rather be at home drinking. Right. That's what I was going to, that's exactly what I was going to say. As much fun as we had in bars, now that, now that I'm privy to just being able to go buy 30 beers for sometimes the price of cover. Yeah. And just pound them at my house and be 15 foot from my bed. Huge fan. You avoid the cops and stupid decisions. And I control the music. I don't have to. Exactly. I don't have to listen to whatever somebody stole on a jukebox. I can exactly. either cry, I can headbang, or I can throw up the West Coast when I'm listening to Tupac. Don't matter. Like I control that. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm my best. I'm not, I'm my favorite DJ. Hey, I Especially. play all the best hits, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm with y'all. You know, now that I'm older, I enjoyed it back in the day whenever I would go, but. The older I get, mm, dude, it hurts to get up out of bed sober. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, though, to be honest, I don't really drink until he comes over and we do a podcast or something. So you got to be get, honest. So you got to be drinker. drinking to record. Is that what you're saying? Well, it loosens, it loosens <laughs> me up. Yeah. It gets the guests loosened up because I'll give them a glass of bourbon. Just smooth talking. And then I'm a bit overbearing. Yeah. I'll just, I'll come right out and say it. I, my personality is a little out there and I try to just force that onto people. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we're having a good time. All right. I brought 30 beers. We're drinking 29 of them. (laughs) See, Shane's gotten to the point now. He like, he doesn't even knock. He'll just walk in and like, I'll not even be thinking about alcohol or anything, but he'll walk straight to the fridge and I'm like, all right, well, just grab me a few while you're over there, bud. Might as well. Just sit your, you know. Just sit the cooler right there on top of the desk. Oh, even better. I was, that's what I was about to say. That's how you know you got a damn good friend. He lets me keep my beer in his fridge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, when we start passing the jar, that's when it gets reckless. Yeah, that's when uh, that's when podcasts go off the rails real quick. No such, no such thing as an off the rail podcast. Mm. I, I would, I would, uh, I would say you should listen to season three's finale. Yes, with Mason Bourne and Eric Nix. <laughs> All right, I will. That that one, uh, you should be able to pinpoint right around the seven and a half hour mark of when that one went off the rail. <laughs> <laughs> it ran three hours. We recorded for four and a half, and it took me five days to edit that podcast. Yeah, there were there were things that happened in this room that I'll never forget. Or tell, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Not yeah. Hey, whatever happens in the Pass the Jar Studio stays in uh-huh. the Pass the Jar Studio. Unless you want Except to tell for your chlamydia, that shit'll come with you. <laughs> <laughs> or the clap. <laughs> we really do try to keep it PG thirteen, but depending on who's in here, man, like you never know. It it'll go it can go one way or another yeah but either way we we try to produce like quality conversations and content same here with our videos we we do keep it a little under what am i trying to say here kind of keep it on the rails as far as being you know not much profanity not much not many bad jokes or anything just because you never know whose kid has their phone in their hands when they can pull up a video on facebook Mm -hmm. so or TikTok. Like I had a friend, he's like, Man, my kids found y'all on TikTok and I was like, I'm glad we kinda keep it safe on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have y'all started doing the little TikTok dances yet? No, we no. don't dance. Yeah, no. We just tell you what songs are bad, what songs are good. 
we honestly though we might should get in on the tiktok dances because i feel like as bad as we are at it we'd probably get a lot of views for it yeah a lot of people going y'all gotta see these two idiots hashtag oh. bad dances <laughs> yeah i've been told that i needed to do at least one dance and put it on my tiktok as well i just i just don't know if i've got the nerve i just hadn't found one that i'm coordinated enough to even attempt yet yeah there's a lot of movements going into these TikTok dances, and I can barely count to four. Yeah. That's that sipsy education yeah. for you. Right. Yeah. The last time I tried to do any kind of dance move was that, I think it was that, I don't know what the proper term is, but it was that dental floss thing, you know, back two oh, or three yeah. years ago that they were doing. Never yeah. been able to do it. Never been yeah. able to do it. I can't, I can't get my arms and my hips to work right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I just end up like looking like I'm trying to, uh, row my way out of a like a heavy current in yeah. a kayak i'm 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 gonna show how old i am you remember the karate kid too the little doll that did the little swinging things yes yeah the, the miyagi was sitting there yeah i kind of looked like a fat version of that whenever i was trying <laughs> to do it the little drum that he's got right there is like boom 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 boom, boom. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm yeah, about it, the same yeah i saw that and i was like God, I remember having a whole lot more coordination. I remember Fat Boy used to be able to cut a jig a few years ago, but uh, <laughs> it ain't looking too good these days. I might need to quit that. I have no but, rhythm. Yeah, no, I do. I do well in a crowd. That's about it. Yeah, you blend in. Yep. I yeah. I can I can I can follow the motion, but when when the the spotlights, I'm oh, sorry, I was a fly headed right at my eye. Uh, now when oh. the spotlight's just on me, I'm out. I'll stand. I'll be a damn plank. Uh, back in the day, you know, after I'd after I'd have some double shots of Jaeger, I thought I was John Travolta. But you know, that's that's fair. That's, that's fair. Just, yeah, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Uh, I would me. never. I would never. <laughs> I haven't drank Jaeger since college, and that's because I saw that the color of what I was expelling from my body was the same as what I put in. I was like. Never doing it again because yeah. I woke up the next day. It's like every time I breathe, I could taste it. I had the worst headache ever. I was like, nope, never again. Yeah, no. yeah. Give me my now. Give me my 128 proof bourbon, and we're okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I love some bourbon. Some good stuff, man. You know, I don't think I ever actually drank Jaeger. I don't I at least remember ever drinking it. Well, so I'm pretty, pretty proud of myself for that one. Yeah. yeah well, I was in my 20s and. Well, uh, yeah, legal age, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying any of this to brag by any means, but <laughs> I would always. It was just my drink of choice. I, I bounced from you know label to label, just like everybody mm -hmm. else did. But Jaeger was always my. It was my go-to, and it was always how I judged how the night was going to go. <laughs> I was I like that. You know what? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely! You, you pull it out of the you pull it out of the freezer. You grab you a shot glass, or just crack the top just, on, the, yep. on top of the bottle and get and get you a mouthful and, and take a swig. If it bites you, you try one more, and then if that one bites you, you leave it alone. Yep. Ship sailed. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I do that with I do that with Fireball now. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Yeah, I I always use that as my go to to see how the night was going to go. If it went down smooth, gonna be a good night. If it went, if it bit me, We're yeah, done. I went. I went to Plan B. Yep. 
I was a big aristocrat guy. Oh God! For like you could buy a gallon for like seventeen bucks. Hey, as a college kid, I was like, yeah, give me give me that. Ooh, ooh, bless your heart. It's a miracle you're still a functioning human being. That's probably why I'm immune to COVID. Yeah, I don't know. Could be. It could be. Yeah, the cure to COVID is actually up at the county line right now for sixteen dollars and a gallon of it. Yeah, yeah. I had It'll one. Ex- I had one experience with aristocrat. After that, nah, it, anything. Whenever I go to the liquor store, I'm a top shelf kind of guy. Anything on those on that middle shelf and or lower, stay away from because I have. It was always the the aristocrat, the Montezuma tequila, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. You know what uh-huh. I call rock gut. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a big bottom shelf guy myself. Yeah, well, yeah. Each, I can't. Each, I can't afford. I can't afford the top. Two so each when their I walk own. Store, I know if my chin gets uh, parallel to the ground, I'm I'm looking way too high. Yeah. Two, e- two each. Two each their own. Any time that I have ever just got sick as a dog, it's always been on the bottom shelf stuff. Whereas the top shelf stuff, I don't drink that often anymore. Thank God and myself for, you know, smartening up whenever I did. That's a podcast in itself right there. <laughs> but uh, every once in a blue moon, I'll have a shot, maybe two. But I just, I just don't go there anymore. But whenever I do, I've got, and I'm wanting to drink, I've got the extra cash in my pocket. I get the top shelf stuff. I respect that. Wild Turkey 101 is a middle shelfer that I keep in my, in my drawer because yeah. it's got a good flavor profile to it. And then, uh, I just put Shane on it too. I hate their music, but Florida Georgia line has a whiskey called old camp. It's peach pecan flavored whiskey. Yeah. Brother. It is smooth. Yeah. It goes down way too smooth. Yeah. Really? And it tastes great. It's phenomenal. It's only 20, like 25 bucks. But now uh, any, any good liquor I've had has, has been directly from Drake. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> because I will. Hey, man, I shook the aristocrat and it's like I just ascended to a whole other level yeah. almost immediately. No, I never I never got out of that bottom tier. It's like I went from aristocrat and R&R to Blanton's and Wild Turkey Rare Breed and you name it. Like, I just went right up. Just take, take a little bit of advice from an old guy. Never mix aristocrat with Sunny Delight. Ever. Ooh. Leave it he alone. Should- I don't you care. Do it with twist up either. Just a heads up. Mm. Yeah, no, it's bad. Oh God! And it'll get on you quick. Yeah, we concocted this thing called grass water back in our younger days. Twenty-one. Yeah, we were twenty-one. 21. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we were twenty-one for plausible uh-huh. deniability sake. Yeah. We were twenty-one, <laughs> but uh, I've never reached the lowest point in my life than when I think Shane and me and a couple of our other friends were in the car and it was time to exhale some demons and there was nothing handy. So closest thing was for me to do was take off my shoe and I didn't think about going in the shoe, did it in the sock. <laughs> Guess what? Socks porous. <laughs> yes, it is. At that point where I was like, okay, kind of need to change the way we're living here, Drake. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. yeah. But uh, until the sock showed how porous it was, you were, Having that split hey. microsecond thought in your head saying, 
I'm a genius. Yeah, we made it. We made it, boys. It's not getting in the floorboard now, yeah, is it? Life hack. And then looks down and it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. He actually he actually didn't throw up in the sock. Completely missed it entirely. <laughs> he, he threw up everywhere except inside the sock. I have wow. seen better days. I have seen better days. Uh, but now we're tame. Uh, we live five minutes apart from each other, so yeah. we try to keep it somewhat safe. He's a dad. I'm responsible. Yeah, I can't do it like I used to. <laughs> Being a dad changes you, don't it? Oh, man. For the better, too. At least in my case. For for just a – talk about a 180. The, the, I've got two. So I've got a four-year-old girl and a two-year-old boy. And I knew – the second that my wife, because the doctor handed my daughter Avery to my wife, and then she handed her to me, everything just 180 in that moment. Now, any selfish or, you know, I want to do this just went straight out the window, and it was all, what can I do for her? From that moment, your life quit being about you. Yep. yep. Everything 100%. that you do now. From that moment on until the day they put you in the ground or or cremate you, however you're going to do it, mm-hmm. is for that child. It's a Absolutely. big life. It's it's a big life change, man. From what I hear, I I haven't had any yet. So I don't have kids, but I have a dog that I take a bullet for. Right. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, I I even still struggle to really put it into words well just how monumental of a moment it is and it doesn't change when the second one comes either because you think you can't love anything more you know not to say that i love my my son more than my daughter but you get that just that same initial rush of all right now everything that i ever do is is going to be for you right but when i see that second one walking around and doing the things he does like that shane murray remade yeah that that term pay pay for your raising <laughs> buddy learning that the hardest way possible right now i think that might be one of the main factors that i never get <laughs> having yeah. children i was always scared of that you know i'm a big believer in the word karma uh-huh <laughs> see i'm a big tempt the fate guy i i will i will tow that line with fate daily as often as I can. So I think it just finally, it's coming back to, to rear its head at me. Yeah. Like, buddy, you remember all them times I let you slide by? Yeah. That's over now. <laughs> my, my mother-in-law, she, uh, she has custody of my wife's cousin, and he's with us quite a bit. So technically, I try to be the male role model in his life. And, man, there's so many things he does. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> and people think he's my kid. He's mine yeah. and my wife's kid, but. Yeah, biologically, Drake doesn't have any children, but Drake absolutely has a son. I'll say. <laughs> I mean, the things he does, it's the way he talks sometimes. I was going to say, like, some of his mannerisms now, yeah. mannerisms. Manner, is it, mannerisms. Yeah, mannerisms, not, not manorisms. Well, I was, looking at the, I was looking at the Man U poster, so mannerisms. <laughs> there you go. Free yeah, ad. He, yeah, he acts like, just like me most of the time. He also acts just like my wife and some of the things that yeah. she does, and which we've been – She's been around him ever since he was born, and I came into the picture when we, my wife and I started dating. So yeah. it's kind of like I've just kind of rubbed off some of my personality on him. Yeah. Poor kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kids going to be a big jerk when he gets older. 
<laughs> I don't have any of my own, but I've had a hand in raising five cousins. Well, hey, I commend you for that because that that takes that takes a, a big person to step up in that role. That sounds like a fat joke. Well, you know, I can see how you would uh, assume that, but that's not how it was intended. So I apologize. Yeah. It takes a big moral person. There hey, you, go. you know what? That <laughs> six seven <laughs> guy you walked up to in the bar. Guess what? He's gonna be on my side. Yeah. Man. yeah. <laughs> but, you know they they had you know they had the mamas and the daddies and everything like that. But as you were talking about, you know the role model type thing. I've always I've always treated them like they were mine, and I love yeah. them like they're mine. And if they're listening right now, which I hope they are to a degree. <laughs> Skip the sock story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I love y'all. And, you know, my girlfriend's got a son. He's he's 11 now. He's His name's Xander. Xander's probably listening to this too, possibly. I love him too, you know. And I'm <clears throat> I'm not his daddy, but I'm trying to. I'm in his life, and I told him one time because, you know, I was trying to, how do I say this, direct him in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, a little guidance. Yeah, a little bit of guidance. And he said, why are you being so mean to me? Or something along those lines. Yeah. And I told him flat out. I said, if I'm going to be in your life, it's my responsibility to help teach you how to be a man. Absolutely. And he understood that then. I've had that same talk. So you I'm know, not your dad, but exactly. You're role model. If mm-hmm. you're, if you're in a child's life and you know, men to men, you know, it's our responsibility. We're not their daddies. No, but at the same time, they kids pay attention to their dads. Yes. But they also pay attention to other men and other women around them and take, you know, take notes. Kids are always watching. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that phrase, you know, kids are like sponges. They just absorb everything. Absolutely. Couldn't be truer. Absolutely. You know, a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of times you can tell a child this, that, and the other, but, they're going to be watching you more than they're going to be listening to you. Yeah, absolutely. Point yep. blank. After I told him that, I, like I said, I do believe he understands. And as our job as men is to teach the boys how to become men. Yeah. As be you that know, positive male influence. You know, they're going to take something from me. They're going to take something from this one. They're going to take something from their daddy, whatever. And they're going to try and figure out with all of those pieces, how to be a man, Yep. you know, and it even changed, it even changes the way you talk to your friends. Like Shane and I went and played golf with two of our good friends this past weekend. And after when we were driving home, we were talking about the kids. And I was like, when I got home, I was like, never in a million years would I have imagined that would have been our conversation <laughs> after a good day of golf. Yeah. But it was, that's it. It all changes every, your perspective on life, whether they're your, like, Biologically. biologically yours or not they change the way you think and the way that you approach life yeah i've cool. got first i've got firsthand knowledge on you do not have to be biological to be a kid's dad or that like you said that that positive male influence 
because I growing up single mom, just me and her, but I had numerous male influences and one more so than anyone else. And it was an uncle of mine who to this day, I still call dad just because I couldn't have imagined anyone being a more of a father figure. Now that's me. Yeah. Now I call Drake daddy. <laughs> I have text messages to prove it. I was blessed to have a fantastic dad. My dad, you know, he died in 2012, but he was my best friend. And he definitely put the fear of Gary in me. Mm-hmm. He taught me a lot. But as I have said on the show before, my granddad, I spent as much, if not more time with him than I did my dad because my dad worked all the time. Yep. And I, I learned a lot of lifelong skills from him that are invaluable. Learned how to plant a garden. If I need to build something, I've got an idea on how to do it. You know, he, he, just, he just always taught me a lot. And he, one of his main sayings that he used to tell me all the time was learn a little bit about everything, learn as much as you can about everything. That way you're, you're more valuable to the world. Yeah, um, I'm good at a lot of stuff, but I ain't great at nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that also bled over into my personality and everything else. I, I played sports, uh, but I also played drums. Uh, I was on the Scholars Bowl team and this, that, and the other. I, I just, I've got so many different interests. And my uncle, same way, my, he taught me a lot too. I, I got a lot of what I am, bits and pieces of each one of them in me. Yeah, that's you, know what, what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 100%. Because – you know, I one side of my family, my mom's side was more entrepreneurship, theological based, you know, very into the Bible and but at the same time start their own businesses and work their butts off. And then my dad's side of the family, they're all blue collar workers, you know, nine to fivers, nine to seveners, whatever. And I kinda inherited both of them where it's like I know I gotta bust my tail. But at the same time, I don't want somebody else telling me what to do my whole life. So I want to do something on my own. So it's like spending a lot of time with both granddads kind of integrated that into me to where it's like, okay, make ends meet, bust your butt for somebody else. But at the same time, I'm trying to find an outlet to where I don't have to work for somebody else at some point. Yeah. And I'm also a Bible nerd. I'm Shane's religion guy, as he says. Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Any time, anything like – Religious conversation wise comes across my desk. I immediately forward it over to Drake and say, Hey, bud, need your help on this. Somebody, something has happened, and I need some insight onto this topic. Like, my granddad had a library upstairs of his house of theological books, and I'm pretty sure I went through all of them. And then I went to Lee University. So you get some, some of that Bible learning up there, too. I heard that. Plus, I'm Christian. My time at Something Christian did me well too. But yeah. like I said, I'm, you, you, I learned a lot about myself through studying theology, as far as my religious beliefs, and that's why I said I'm not a very religious guy, but I'm a relationship guy. So there's that. <laughs> you, you just said a mouthful right there. Oh yeah, you did. It's, it's not about religion. It's about relationship. I agree wholeheartedly. That's a podcast in itself right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why I don't browbeat anybody. Like that's why I said I get so tired of seeing people 
going at each other with their ideas. Like that's why, like yeah. you're pretty much sound like all these denominations and the churches they are telling you their way of believing is right. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, just believe in one thing and that's your own beliefs. Just go about your yeah. life, man. Yeah. So that's, that's my aunt. <clears throat> she could, she could probably recite the Bible forward, backwards, start at this chapter and she'll read it. They're like, she knows it like the back of her hand, but I could count on one hand how many times I've seen her actually in a church. Yeah. I, uh, I can remember. I started my finger waving one time because somebody was naming off all this stuff. I can't remember what the, the debate was about. And I said, like, don't commit me with that Levitical law BS and stuff. And <laughs> they were just kind of stopped in their grounds. I'm like, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth the time. <laughs> I'll uh, for the record, as I've said on the show before, and I'll say it again until I'm blue in the face, <clears throat> as I cough, I love the Lord, but church has turned into a poor man's social club. Thanks. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Yeah. You know, I, there for the longest, you know, you do this, that, and the other, you're going to burn in hell. Well. Even if they're, but even if you're biblically correct in your statement, there's a lot of people walking around in this world that have have this concept that think that hell might be a vacation for them. I think the days of trying to do all of that to get people to come into church are over. Yeah, my my opinion. I think the right approach is to say, you know what. Jesus loves you and I love you. If you need anything, you let me know. And actually mean what you say. Mm -hmm. That goes a long way. And because, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you gonna go say ahead. that 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 being on the fence saying, you know, you might have that person that is wanting to become more religious and, and find God. Yeah. And you know, you say, Yeah, reach out to me anytime you want. Well, the first time that they try and you say, Oh, well, I'm busy, you know, or blow them off or maybe not even respond, now you've you've completely turned them off to it. Yeah. Because you were their their outreach into that life and now now that that's been shut off to them, they might not want to try it again. Exactly. You know, it's just like what we were talking about with the vaccines, either vaccine or or not. You know, that's your choice. But more importantly, it's your business. Yeah. It ain't mine. You know, what you do or is not my business. That's between you and the good Lord. My job as a Christian is to try and be an example and or show love. Mm -hmm. Honestly, is it okay if I swear? Because I want to quote this verbatim. Do you think? The only time where I felt like I was a bad person, but at the same time I knew I had to make the statement. We were doing a study on why church numbers were dropping. And I was sitting with a pastor at the time. I was not a fan of this man at all. And he said, so why do you think numbers in youth group are dropping? And I turned and looked at him. I said, because the assholes like you. And he was bold. Like, <laughs> bold. He wanted me out, but at the same time, he wanted me to explain why. And I said, it's you, you stand up there in that pulpit and you pretty much preach everything these kids don't want to hear. They need to know they're loved, and you're telling them they're going to go to hell for this, this, and this. Yes, the Bible may say it, but at the same time, they need to find that on their own. You're telling them without their knowledge that they have that they're going to go to hell for the choices they make. It's like, I've got friends in here that are like me that are a year or two sober off of something, and that's not what they want to hear because that's not what I wanted to hear. 
right. was my parents, I would have never went back to church after I was pretty much on my own. And when I went back, started going back to church shortly after we got married, my wife and I, I was like, I don't want to go back. I was like, it's the same recycled BS as it always has been. I was like, so as long as I live a good life, live by the one command that Jesus gave was love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. Guess what? That's what I'm going to try to live by. I'm not going to be a Pharisee. I there like you it. go. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I, I think that you're right on. You're spot on. You know, I, I got the mouth of a sailor. I drink like a sailor. But guess what? I'm going to love you and I'll hug your neck when I see you in public. And political, religious differences aside, if you're my friend, you're my friend. Yeah. And that's the way I see it. And that's the way the world should be. I agree. And I call a lot, I, I call a lot of flack for, during my time at Lee because of the way I was. Depending on your denomination, I, I grew up Pentecostal. Huge jumpers. Yes, I, I've seen a few. I've seen <laughs> I've seen some people walk on to, just run on top of the pews and everything like that. Yes, I have. Fantastic services. If the money numbers go down, well, you can expect to hear a hear a message about tithe and offer. <laughs> yep. Every time. Yeah. I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not even going to mention the church. I've heard one pastor had a fantastic service. I, I don't know how you grew up, but you know it was one of those services where there wasn't even there wasn't no preaching, yeah. and he was fixing to close in prayer, send everybody home. He says, and I quote, "It's the first of the month, and y'all got paid. We're taking up an offering." <laughs> Yikes. I'm like, yeah, and I got a power bill to pay. <sighs> I know what the book says about tithe and offering. I get it. But the fact that some of these churches have to, you know, just beat you over the head with it, mm-hmm. to me, it takes away from the real reason why you should be here. I get that that building has bill, has bills. I am an adult. Yep. I get that. <laughs> but at the same time, if you as as a minister and you as the members of said church are in the will of God, the book flat out says that he will take care of you in your every need. You will have enough. If you're in the will of God, that money will be there to pay those said bills. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. To my knowledge, yeah. So why, wor- so why worry about it? Put your collection plates in them and make a box and put it out there at the door. Whoever's compelled to give will give. Let it go. Focus mm-hmm. on the real reason why you ought to be there. I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. I've seen Boy. books of churches. And when I pretty much got booted out of the churches, when I questioned where the money was going. So there's that. That's like you, like you said, that's a whole other podcast for another day, (laughs) but I I grew up Pentecostal and I knew how those, what you're talking about them services though, man, like my dad would, my dad was a praise and worship leader at one point and, and he'd give this look at me like, buddy, we're going to be here a while. And did, have you always noticed that the church services where there ain't no preaching typically last longer than the ones where there are preaching? Play (laughs) drums in church. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You didn't need an arm workout for that week, did you? Uh, usually halfway between 
in the first song, I would have to put a death grip on the stick because my hand <laughs> would be going numb. <laughs> as bad as this might sound, you can judge me if you want to. I don't care. Rock and metal is a big influence in my life. Has been since the moment my best friend let me hear the intro, intro of Metallica's Inner Sandman. Before the intro was done, I was hooked. That being said, you put distortion in a guitar, you have my attention. Yeah. I would go to church, and I, whenever I played drums, I had a double bass pedal. I played like I tried my best to emulate the heavy metal drummers, is what it is. Lars Ulrich was a huge influence on me. Vinnie Paul from Pantera was a huge influence on me. John Bonham from Led Zeppelin was a huge influence on me. I would listen to Battery Live by Metallica on my way to church. And I would be, I sometimes I would put the, tr the truck that I was driving in in cruise control and try to emulate Lars's feet on that just to loosen my ankles up. You know what I'm saying? Just different stuff like that. One time there was a joke made. I, I hadn't been in that church for about two or three years. And one of the people in there said, yeah, I think they're still trying to clean up all the chips and everything from your drumsticks. I, I used to break drumsticks like crazy. I, I was a firm believer in the whole, um, in where he said, play with all your might. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, fly. I, I, I sweat. I know this might be disgusting listeners. Bear with me. I can sweat in the freezer. It is what it is. I've, I've just always been real hot natured. It's like right now, sitting out here on this back porch. I'm sweating. Is what it is. But usually after the first song, I was drenched. I would literally have to carry extra clothes with me every search service to change out of after I got done playing. That's impressive. Oh yeah. But um, that just, that just means you were dedicated. Oh yeah, I was. I chased that rabbit. I'm going to go to this and then, then we can change the subject if you want to. But just talking about what we were talking about, I heard a pastor from a church preach a sermon about the harvest. Kept going on and on and he kept saying, Lord, send the harvest. I just wanted to walk up to him after the service and say, have you ever planted a garden in your life? Have you ever planted a garden? I'm going, I'm going to ask you that. You ever planted a garden? Yeah, my grandparents. Yeah. Mom. Same here. Used to spend Maidens. all of my summers. I spent time usually at least two or three hours a day in a garden. You have to plant the seed after you break the ground and get the ground prepared. You have to plant the seed. Then you have to fertilize and or water. Then you have to weed, and you're constantly having to do work for that plant to grow. And then once that plant does grow and it produces, whenever you, you mentioned your tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you magically wake up one day and all of the nice, pretty, ripe red tomatoes just show up in a five-gallon bucket on your front porch without you having to go out there and pick them? Mm. You know, I think they're might no, not at all, <laughs> not even relatively close. In, in other words, the harvest was there. 
You just had to get up, take your bucket, and go out there and pick it. Yeah, no, no pun intended, but I had to bring it to fruition. Thank you. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that to said pastor, but, you know, cooler heads prevailed, I guess. People aren't just going to go. That's really what I wanted yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to go to them. You've got to break the ground. Yeah, you're going to have to go to them. And people are always giving money and everything else to missions, and I'm not knocking missions at all. I think they're a fantastic thing. Absolutely fantastic. God bless you if you are if you go on missions trip. But while you're going on those, missions, on those mission trips, nine times out of ten, you're passing by a mission trip in itself to get to that airport to go to that other country. Yeah. We'll go right past our brother and sister or our neighbor right down the road to go and do with this, that, and the other, you know? Yep. But there again, that's another podcast for another day. (laughs) Gentlemen, speaking of podcast, you guys have a fantastic podcast. I am enjoying listening to it. Can't wait to listen to the next episodes. When's your next episodes coming out? We start season four of Pass the Jar August the 25th. Mm-hmm. So next Wednesday. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. And then we are launching a new podcast with our friend Ladarius Johnson, um, where, like I said, it's going to be no holds barred on that one. It's going to be called Pardon My Southern. That'll launch the exact next week, uh, <laughs> September the 1st. Pardon My Southern. I've actually had to say that a time or two, and I think I said it on the podcast once. I was told by one of our listeners, I go from zero to cornbread in about 2.5 seconds. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I like it. That's how I get on Fireball. I start speaking banjo. (laughs) Ooh, banjo. You're not telling anybody they got a pretty mouth, are you? Uh, Yeah. Plausible deniability on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, plug your social media, please, if you would. Our Facebook, all you got to do is search past the jar. That's that's it for us, like as far as Facebook goes. But Instagram is past the jar podcast. TikTok, past the jar pod. TikTok is past the jar pod. And that's that's all our socials right there. We do bobber flops. We pick, like, we tell you what song's good or in our opinions. Shane and I don't typically have the same opinion on music. And then. We just do stupid stuff on TikToks and Instagram. We'll plug episodes, same with Facebook. And we've done a summer series where we're showcasing local cooks and restaurants. It's called PTJ One Bots. So if you want to go back through our archives and check those out. And we'll occasionally post uh, video and audio clips of podcasts on all those. Very good. We stay busy. We're full time. Yeah. We do have a YouTube channel, but we don't. We have It's been a minute. Yeah, we have a YouTube channel. It's just not not very active. Yeah. All right. Drake Pittman, Shane Murray, it's been a pleasure. You're welcome on my porch anytime. Appreciate hey, you, you're, you're You're welcome to come pass a jar with us, which will happen season four. Absolutely. We'll go ahead and book that one. Name so, the date and name the time, and we'll work it out. We got a long season ahead, brother. We will get you in for sure. Absolutely. This Zero is doubt about it. This is a lot of fun. Enjoyed it. Big thanks to Drake and Shane for coming onto the porch. Find Pass the Jar anywhere you listen to podcasts and on social media. Leave a review telling them that you heard them on Porch Matters. If you are new to the show and like what you hear, 
hit that like, subscribe, or follow button and download the episodes in our archives. If this show has been a positive addition to your life, please rate the show and leave a review. It won't take you but a minute and it really would help the show. Find us on social media by typing Porch Matters Podcast in the search bar. Word of mouth is still the best way of sharing. Pick your favorite episodes and share it with at least one person this week. There are a lot of people out there that have never heard of a podcast before. I sure would appreciate it. And I'll see you next time right here on Porch Matters.